Hello, Tina's on the mic. Tina's talk on the rise, making it happen on episode two, alongside co-host Eric Guerrero. How you doing, Eric? What's going on, guys? What's going on? In today's episode, we have a very special guy who I actually smacked through Eric, and which is why he's making this special uh, appearance on Tina's talk. Uh, let's introduce you again. Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing, man? <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to see you, man. Um, I can't remember how we exactly met, but I know it was through Jorge and Eric. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was through Jorge. I mean, I remember, I knew you before, but then yeah, I think we met. Nice yeah, well, okay, yeah, we, met, we definitely knew each other before, but then. Uh, Shout out, George and Brian. Yes, sir. <laughs> I did meet you through Eric and Jorge. Yeah, yeah. And Jorge went to uh, Sherwood. Did he go to Sherwood? He went no, for like he went for, Gainsbury. Gainsbury. No, he he went went for a couple, he went for two, like a year or two. And then he transferred over to Gainesburg because he moved from home. And that's when he met you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. There it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Exactly. So yep. I think it's been more. Like, I'd so say, it's been literally, I'd say like six or seven years easily. Damn, time does fly. Okay, sorry. So basically what happened was Jorge invited me and you to his house. That's what it was. Oh, it's probably, probably for a campfire. Like, I probably had a fire going in the backyard or something like that. Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, you told us. Yeah, we were all, we're all drinking. Like, yeah, yeah that's what it was. House. That's what it was. So we went to his yep. house. Uh, we pulled up and you were driving a, a Dodge Challenger. Challenger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we pulled up, we saw him parked out there. We went inside, we met your mom, yep. your family, we were chilling. Super chill. Super, it, was yeah. like, it was like super weird because like this guy is like Mexicano with the Mosteco. You never expect that in that household. Mm-hmm. But it was like super chill and. I remember now. You, you just basically brought that memory. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like a circle? You live in yeah. a circle, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. On a cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then Marcel's daughter is coming inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> ¿Qué onda, gente? Hey, get okay. Here's <laughs> <laughs> like, tell us about yourself. I mean, you got so much going on. Um, the reason why I call you gunman because you're like that's your passion. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Talk to me about you know how that started for you. Uh, I mean, I guess the best way to, to really, the best way to really bring it about in a way that makes sense is, uh, when I was young, I loved action movies. I still do. It's literally my vibe. Uh, and then, uh, my dad actually bought the first rifle that we had in our house. It was like a 22, a Marlin model 60. It was a little, like a little sporter rifle. Basically it's like a, it's like a little squirrel hunting gun, right? It's like a little wooden rifle and it, it shoots these super small bullets. Uh, and I remember one day I walked into the room and he was like putting it into the box and he was like, Hey, mijo, come and check this out. Cause he just wanted to show it off to his boy. Right. So is it like the, um, the right from like the movie, the Christian story? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. Right. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, come check it out. So I was like, okay, cool. So I walk over to it and I pick it up. Uh, and he's like, this is how you do it safely and this and that. And he was taking his time, making sure that I understood that it wasn't a toy or anything. I think I was like 12 at the time. Uh, and it kind of like stuck with me and then he took me out to the range two or three times uh, and I just loved it it was great like I was with a little 22 rifle shooting out to like a hundred yards which is the length of a football field and hitting something I was like whoa I can do this and I can do this pretty well so I was like this is awesome I'm gonna keep on doing this Uh, and so that was pretty much the only rifle that we had in the house for years and then uh, let me ask you is your dad the Mexican? Yes, he is a Mexican. Obviously, Mexican, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. In Guatemala, I mean, it's borderline to Mexico. And yeah. I mean, 
you've been there a couple of times or do you visit Guatemala? Do you visit Mexico often? I visit Guatemala way more often than Mexico. Uh, my family is in Guadalajara. Uh, and like, uh, it, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> and it was pretty hectic. Out, it was pretty hectic out there for a while. So we stopped going, like as a family. We'd go as a family like all the time, and then we stopped going. And it's been probably like ten years since I've been. I miss it. I'd love to go back out, but you know. You know me, like the drive from like here. Yeah, like, yeah. We drove know, down there. It's like that. a three-day bro. It sucks. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. I remember when I was younger. Um, we used to drive from Maryland to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Oh Dog, that, that drive sucks. And I was in the like we the truck that we would drive down in my dad's truck was uh it was like a I don't even know what they're called, but it was one of those where it had half seats in the back. So me and my sister oh. were literally crammed in the back seat for three days. It sucked. We had we had a suburban so Oh you're chilling. <laughs> today's all about me again. Today's Thank all about I appreciate it. I appreciate the gun man. Uh you didn't mention how old were you when you shot the first gun? Oh I think I was like around twelve. You were twelve yeah, years old. Yeah, I mean twelve years old. I feel like everybody's twelve years old when they're when really excited. Honestly? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? What did you do today? I mean that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but um what is the first gun you bought? So the first gun that I picked up was of course it was an actually an AR-15. That was the first gun that I picked up for myself. Uh, but I'd shot a bunch that a bunch of my friends had already, and I like had pretty decent experience with those rifles, so I was like pretty well versed in it. Uh, and so it wasn't like some big new scary thing to me. I just understood what they were, and I was like, okay, well I think I should pick one up. I know how to use it. And in Maryland, you can't buy a handgun until you're 21, but you can buy a rifle at 18. I think the thinking behind that is. So that, you know, some kid who's still 18 can't like buy a handgun and conceal it and take it into school or something like that, right? So I think that's like the reasoning behind it. It's just harder to conceal a rifle, which is fine, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to buy a handgun, otherwise that would have been the first one I would have picked up. It's a major question. Yeah. What is it possible to buy a gun? It depends on, on what kind of gun you're trying to get in Maryland. So if you're trying to get a handgun, you have to get what's called a handgun qualification license, which is actually like, which it just so happens to be one of the classes that I offer, right? Um, so. If you're looking to to own, possess, or transfer a handgun in this state, you need that HQL. Uh, and so what you have to do is you have to take like an eight hour class and it's basically like an introduction to gun safety and how to store it safely and then learning the laws in the state. And then at the end of it, you do like a quick test. Oh, I won't yeah. get it. No, no, it's super, super easy. It's super <laughs> easy. Like it's almost ridiculously easy. Sometimes I, I, I like can't believe, like when I first went through the HQL class and I shot at the end of it, I'd been shooting for a few years now and I was like, why did I have to do this to get this license? And, but then I was like, I, I had to also step back and realize not everybody like has that experience. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. I mean, it's better to give people like, to kind of ground them and make them understand what it is that they're working with. Because anybody goes in and, and buys a handgun uh, and then doesn't really know what they're doing with it. They, they're more of a liability to themselves, which is why I'm like a huge proponent of not just buying a, a a firearm for self-defense but also making sure that you train with it because you know like if someone if someone kicks in your door uh and you're the only thing between them and your family that is not the time to learn how to use that gun so it you know obviously i'm a huge proponent of buying it and getting trained up with it so you know i, I can see the merits behind the hql um and so i understood more or less what that what that was so once you pass that class uh, and you and you get that all signed off. What happens is you send that application in along with your fingerprints to Maryland State Police, uh, and they basically approve that license and they they send you back the card. Once you get that card, uh, you're good to go. You can walk into the gun shop and choose the handgun that you want. Uh, you make the purchase, uh, and then 
from there it's a, a one week wait period uh and once that wait period is over boom you're good to go you go in you pick it up and you take it home Why? yeah very vocal i mean i feel like that's one of the one of the things that you that makes who you are you're very vocal you're, you defend your rights and it's not just mine it's everybody everybody yeah you know what i mean that's... and you express that very well yeah especially on social media uh which brings me to uh what's your instagram and uh, so we can have the listeners follow you real quick oh um i have i have a personal one but the one that i like to put around is at glock beard it's not very original but i have a beard and i own a glock so i put those two together and i was like fuck it send it <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that makes figured. sense. Plugging, sorry. Yes, plugging, sir. Yeah, a little self plug there. So you have to learn all the laws, basically. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. How well, like, how fast, or how how was that process for you for you to learn every Ooh. single thing? You know. Well, there's a lot. Uh, so it's not something that I learned all at once. It's it's kind of like every single law that I that I know off the top of my head because you can ask me a bunch and I will just off the top of my head be able to answer it. Very likely that I'll be able to answer it off the top. Um, the, the best, the the three priority ones, the, the one, the three that you can't miss. There's like law ones. wise, law wise. Well, yes. Don't don't shoot anyone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if you're not supposed to have, if you know, you know, if you're not like legally justified to do okay. so, you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, it just depends. Don't in Maryland, don't carry if you don't have a, a license to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, there's no real like top three laws. They're all, I guess, you would say equally important. Some okay. are more severe than others, punishment wise. But off the top of my head, I mean. You know, just don't do anything illegal, but that just applies to most everything. In today's society, uh, we have a lot going on in regards to firearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that you went to a march. Yeah, so so um, that was, I think, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, early 2019. I went to a march with a few friends uh, out in Richmond, Virginia. Essentially, what was happening was um, uh, the seats in Virginia got flipped, uh, and I'm not really too crazy into politics. Okay, Left uh, or right doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, just you know, let people live their lives. You know, um, I'm a libertarian personally, so I'm more so interested in making sure that we protect the individual's rights, uh, and that the, you know the majority never gets to, to say what one can't do. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like the issue with with like let's say gay marriage. You know, it was a humongous problem. Uh, that people who loved each other weren't able to get married. You know what I mean? I never agreed with that. And I didn't think that the state should have the right to tell people that they can't get married if they love each other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So being a libertarian, it all comes down to making sure that as long as you're not hurting anybody else and you're not infringing on anybody's rights, you should be able to live your life the way you see fit. Right? You know what I mean? So there's nobody that should be able to tell you what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's basically like like kind of the thinking there. how was that experience for you though? The actual march itself? Yeah, yeah uh, it was awesome. It was great. I was a little nervous about it, but I had some good guys with me who I knew would have my back if anything went sideways. Uh, but I didn't go out there obviously with the intent of doing any harm. I went out there to make sure my voice was heard. Uh, and it was great. It was awesome, bro. Like I think the conservative estimates put it at somewhere around 22,000 people, but the highest ones were at about like 80,000. Uh, and like everybody and their mother was packing. It was crazy. Uh, and like, like half of me going into like Richmond, Virginia, I was like, okay, I mean, look, I, I'm a brown guy who likes guns. So that's already kind of taboo, to be honest with you. And like, it's not something you see every day. So I expected to be completely surrounded by like a sea of white faces, which is fine. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it actually ended up being so much more diverse than I expected it to be, which was really reassuring. It was really comforting. I really enjoyed that. It was a good time. Oh, quick question. Yeah. Um, so you carry a firearm all the time, right? 
Yes, when legally permitted to do so. Okay. So have you ever pulled over by a cop with the firearm on you? Yeah, multiple times. I've actually been disarmed by a cop once. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Uh, I was hiking uh, one day. There's a mountain I really like to hike down in Virginia called Old Rag, uh, but Old Rag has mountain lions and bears. So um, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to get there. eaten. I'm not <laughs> I mean, it's not I mean, that bad. If you got your Glock on the side, you should be out. Even then, bro. I don't know, bro. Even then, it's more like a noisemaker than anything. You know, hopefully it'll help. But like, um, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to get eaten. So obviously i carry when i go out there uh, and it'd be inconvenient to carry it like concealed so typically what i do is i carry it openly when i'm out there like hiking and things like that otherwise it's like digging into my ribs and things like that it's just weird so um basically what happened was uh we were hiking and somebody got hurt on the trail uh and so I, we can go into this later, but I have a little bit of a medical first responder background. I was uh, on, a, on a search and rescue team like years and years ago. Um, so we basically uh, we basically provided first aid uh, to the guy and then some park rangers got up to us. We were super high up on the mountain, like halfway up. Uh, and then what we did is we helped them bring the guy back down. Uh, and when we got there, they had radioed ahead for, uh, I think, park police to, uh, to come and, and pick us up. Uh, and so when I got there, I, at some point they relayed the, 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 like the information that one of us was carrying a firearm, right? So when the park police got there, um, the first thing they did was like, who's the guy with the gun? And I was like, that's me, how you doing? And uh, they were like, hey, look, if it's cool with you, just for officer safety, we want to go ahead and just take the gun from you while, if you want to ride with us in the truck. And there's no way I was going to refuse a, like a truck ride, bro. I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to ride back. Because I was exhausted, like we'd, we'd carried God down the mountain, right? So we were doing you a favor. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I was like, it's fine. If you want to do that, we can do that. I can give you my gun, no problem. I mean, it's fine. Uh, so he's like, cool. If you just go ahead and, and put your hands on the truck for me. So I put my hands on the truck for him. Uh, and then uh, they basically unholstered the firearm. I keep around chambered because not having around chambered if you're carrying a firearm is dumb in my opinion. So I, you know, I keep it. I keep one chambered. Uh, they took the round out. They put the firearm uh, in the cargo pocket. They actually gave me my ammo back, and they were like, "Cool, man, hop on." I was like, "Great." No, 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 because the guy was—I was being cool with him, and I knew he was going to be cool with me. Um, so I was pretty lax, and it was a good time. Which brings me to talk about um, something that you have actually started not too long ago, and it's probably the first time your followers may be hearing of it. If you guys tune in. Tina's talk and listen to this and you started your own company, company. yeah yeah and absolutely what is the name of it is it spear yes yeah, spear defensive solutions yeah which comes down to training you know yes. you've done so much training during your yeah. journey yeah that you have decided to you know bring that passion over to others correct and you're correct. training people now and you're using different facilities and different range shooting range mm -hmm. and Tell us a little bit about that. Oh uh, yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, over the years, uh, I've kind of like been a source of information for people, because uh, like in some cases, I'm the only person that people know when they're like interested in in getting into or like jumping into this world. So typically, what ends up happening is somebody will hit me up and I'll help them out with information. But that ended up happening so often that it was taking too much time out of my day for it to be like something I could do and still be able to function or for it to make sense just to do out of the out of the kindness of my heart as much as i would love to be able to give people all that information all day long 
at the end of the day, you know, I got I got mouths to feed too. You know what I mean? I got to feed myself. I mean, I remember I asked you one question too, and yep. kind of took that a little while to answer me, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, there's a lot of people, and, and uh, there's a lot of questions to float around. So, yeah. um, if somebody wants to sign up, how can you sign up? Um, so we haven't dropped the website yet, but uh, around the time that this podcast drops, if, if that's in like the next couple of weeks. We actually should be next week. Next week? Okay. <laughs> Probably a week after this podcast drops, we're going to be dropping the website live. Um, and that will be the way to do so. We can probably like, retroactively drop a link and things like that. Um, but as of yet, the information isn't out just yet. We've been like primarily operating by word of mouth so far. Okay. Yeah. Pending. Yeah, still pending. Yeah, still pending. Which is, I'm very proud of you, by the way. Thank you. For you to I take appreciate this it. risk. I mean, it's amazing. Um, you're doing great. Thank you. Information you're giving to others is important. Um, it's important for you to know, you know, what you're doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, super I important. have so many questions myself when mm -hmm. it comes to, you know, shooting guns. I mean, mm -hmm. I had never shot a gun before. And right. You're the first person that ever taught me how to, which leads me Honored. to, you know, the shooting ranges. Mm -hmm. You've been, there's a lot of shooting ranges here in the DMV. Yes. Um, you probably have your favorites. Yeah. Uh, which one has your favorite? Uh, I would definitely, well, uh, inside the DM, like, all right, unless you're willing to drive a couple hours, uh, most ranges, like, they're, they're nice. Uh, but they're indoor, or they're static ranges, so you can't really like train too hard, but you can still get some good training in. Like one of my favorites in the area would be the Machine Gun Nest in Frederick. I love that place. So when I train someone, uh, if they decide to do like the development path that I kind of like customize for them, typically what ends up happening is I'll give them two or three sessions uh, up in Frederick at this place called the Machine Gun Nest, and that's really the beginner the beginner spot. There's also another range here in, in Rockville called uh oh man gilbert's indoor gun range uh and that one i've kind of started to warm up to as well uh it's a pretty good facility uh, but typically i take them up to frederick to the machine gun nest i'll do two or three sessions to get them a good found like foundation go over the fundamentals with them uh and once we have the fundamentals down pat i typically take them to like bigger more advanced ranges so that we can you know start to train things that they're more likely to employ like you know shooting around cover um shooting from awkward positions uh shoot no shoot scenarios things like that uh yeah like a shoot no shoot scenario would be training someone uh to figure out whether or not in a particular situation they should be shooting or they shouldn't be shooting because it's not as as simple as point and shoot like people think look like think of it this way somebody breaks into your house at three in the morning and you're just waking up and your eyes are drowsy and you don't know what's going on and you walk down the stairs and you shine a light on them is it a guy who's breaking into your house is it a drunk roommate you know what I mean? Is it a kid from down the street who has autism and doesn't realize he's in the wrong house? There's a lot of things to consider. So it's good to train that sort of stuff beforehand and kind of get mentally, mentally get the reps down before you could ever consider the fact that you know you have a tool in your hand that has the power to take someone's life. You know what I mean? What do you think makes you a good shooter? The ability to think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because you can train all day long, uh, but look, all right, let's put it this way. The reason why you train uh, isn't necessarily so that you're good at doing it. That's an afterthought. The reason that you train is so that you you get the reps in, uh, you establish that muscle memory so well that if, you know, God forbid, the moment ever comes where you have to employ what you've been training, that isn't something that you're thinking about in the fight. What you're it's almost like an 
exactly right you right they're they're training day in and day out so that when it comes down to game time they're not thinking about how to throw a ball or how to kick or how to catch you know what i mean they're out thinking the guy who's trying to stop them and that's exactly what it comes down to um you do you train the way you do so that you can outthink the person on the other end it's so basically like you could be so good at it but Pressure, right with right exactly which is like another thing that I kind of like later on in, in the development stages for people I start to do what's called stress inoculation uh, and what that means is I'll start to incorporate like stressors in, into the training so I'll have them run I'll have them do like burpees I'll have them do push-ups and things like that and I'll be like okay you got a target right in front of you go ahead and start engaging and they have to start making you know hits on targets or figure out whether or not they have to engage period so I mean it gets pretty it gets pretty advanced like it's it's a lot of fun. And also, by the way, I'm not, this isn't something like that I just picked up on the random. Like I have, I would say, uh, so what I do for work, I, I work in private security. Um, so I have, I think now at this point, a total of like seven or eight years of experience from different jobs that I've worked. Uh, and some of them were unarmed and some of them were armed and I've had the blessings to get like, I've had the blessing of having like very good training uh, from some of these jobs, things that I've been taught that have been awesome. And so that's that's also where a lot of the advanced stuff that I teach people comes from. Uh, so it's not just that I spent time at the range with buddies and learned how to put holes in a target that's standing still. You know what I mean? I I was blessed to be able to learn a lot of advanced stuff. Um, and, you know, now I'm, I'm passionate about it and I feel like it's important for people to know this. So, so do, you, do you feel like you struggle with anything else with like shooting? Like, is there anything you want to improve on? I'm always improving. Nobody's perfect. I'm definitely not John Wick. So, like a lot of friends call me really good movies. Yeah, it is. A lot of my friends call me Juan Wick because <laughs> Yo, whoever killed that dog, I swear. <laughs> Honestly, I don't blame him, bro. I would have gone on the warpath too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's actually my nickname. Like in my circle of guys, I'm Juan Wick. Yeah, yep. another guy, <laughs> another guy who's uh, who's a really good shooter as well. He's uh, from Iran, a good good friend of mine, and we call him Halal Wick. It's really funny. It's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like the running joke. But um, you know, yeah, I got blessed with uh, with the opportunity to learn a lot. I'm always learning. I'm always a student. I will never ever ever perfect the craft. Nobody ever does, um, and I'll never pretend to. And the day that I start to think that I'm the best at what I do is the day that I get complacent and. That's not acceptable, uh, and that's a disservice to myself and to the people that I teach. So, never, so never. Mentally, that. you have to be good, though. Mentally, you have to be sharp. But what about the physical aspect? Let's say, let's say it's not very overweight, right? Okay. Would he still be a good shooter? Like, I mean, yeah. Not look, uh, look. Uh, shooting wise, just shooting? No, absolutely not. You'll be a, you'll be a good shooter. You can you can shoot well, but, and I, yeah, I don't mean to sound abrasive about it when I say this, but. You have to consider that there are other impacts that 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 come into play if you don't take your physical health seriously too. Uh, I mean, under stress or in a situation where you where you have to perform, obviously you want to be able to perform. So I think it's important for somebody to take their physical health like seriously too. I think that all ties into like the overall package too, because if you want to be a good fighter uh, and a good protector, then you absolutely have to have all of that down pat. You can't just depend on one thing to make up the deficiencies in another place. Yeah, it's, it's not good. When I reach out to you in regards of this episode, mm -hmm. I was super excited. One, yeah, me because too. I knew I was going to shoot the gun the first time <laughs> ever. And two, because I was going to have a chance, you know, to learn and to be able to provide much more information mm -hmm. to the public. 
safety, you know, yeah. um, in regards of uh, shooting ranges around the area. And you, t- you told you gave me like two options. You said we can go to Frederick, mm-hmm. or we can go two hours away where you have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's of like course, we should talk about how um, the experience was. Go to the actual gun store by the bullets. Oh yeah! Oh, before yeah. we get there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told Eric, I was like, "Hey, I want to go get some. You know, I, mean, I have to go buy the ammo. Uh, let me get the ammo, and you know, let's see how it goes." And I get there, and there's a big line uh, because of COVID. What's the story? Atlantic. Uh, Atlantic Guns. Great Atlantic shop. Guns. Shout out to Atlantic. Ask, yeah, hey, ask for nice. Kyle. Very ask for people. Kyle. He's a good dude. He'll take you. He'll, there, he'll take care of you. When I walked in there, I looked suspicious. I looked so fucking confused. <laughs> it's why? Like somebody, I don't know. Why? It's, a why? Vibe. it's a different vibe. I mean, you think about guns, it's like, damn. Like, or you, you can Bro, kill somebody with this. I cannot. Like, hold up. Let I me tell you something. I'm going to say that. I'm uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. The gun community is the friendliest community that I've ever, ever, ever partaken they in. They like bunnies, man. Bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. And you want to know why? I mean, it's a couple of reasons. One is that that, like, that industry is constantly under attack and it's taboo and it's under pressure from like people outside who think of a gun and they think evil people, right? So it's always under fire, right? So like as a community, we're like, hey, like we really only have each other. And so, and, and we kind of understand more than most people what's at stake here because it's not just it's not just firearms being taken away from us, it's also from the people who are advocating to take them. You know what I mean? And they don't realize that once those are gone, that's that. You don't get that anymore. And people who would do you and yours harm, they have a free reign. They don't care about gun laws. They don't care about, about the laws against murder. They'll come in and they'll hurt you and they'll do whatever they want to you. And, and it's important to us to make sure that we give people the capacity and the confidence to be able to tell them, nah, fuck that. When I, when I went in there, I actually wanted to uh, touch one of the guns, but okay. it said, yeah, yeah. Like, you could have asked. They would have. I felt nervous. Right, I didn't feel comfortable. That's okay. I didn't feel comfortable. I was kind of in awe in a way. I, I wasn't really thinking. I was just like, Let's just get the ammo and like, well, let's go. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was working actually. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Air Park Torn and Auto Repair. If you guys want to get your cars fixed, just hit us up. We'll be able to help you in every way possible. <laughs> no, but then yeah, we got the bullets. Uh, we paid for them, of course. Uh, we left, and we were just cool with it, right? We were excited. We were excited. Yeah, we were excited for. We were excited for a day to come. Definitely, I think the, the ammo was just sitting in my car until the day of. So yeah. Oh my god. The day of the day of came, and I was I was pumped up. Uh, you invited your girlfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she even had, had an amazing time. And shout out to Melissa for driving us. <laughs> she shines. <laughs> also, uh, her cousin came with us, Joanna. She did come right. with us, and we all had uh, an amazing experience. I feel like it was all of our uh, first time shooting, and I feel like we, we nailed it in a way. Yeah, how was that for you? I mean, was it good? It, it did was you, good. I mean, yeah? we're well, talking about the ride up there. It was two hours away. And it was I, good, though. I wasn't driving, I was chilling in the back. <laughs> Shout out to Melissa once again. She was, she was a pilot. When we got there, I was, I was kind of like going back. I thought, you know, there was going to be a bunch of like, you know, people shooting guns. But it, oh. was, it was a lake, right where you get there, right? The mm-hmm. campground, mm-hmm. a big lake, you know, there's a lot of men. There's a lot of people there um, coming in and out. But then um, I was thrown off when we actually had to go to the actual gun range. Oh yeah, the drive up, there's a nightmare. The drive. I was kind of nervous because of the <laughs> car. And then if something happened to it, it should be. No, you definitely had the clearance. Like when I saw you came in the car, you did. I was like, yes. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> and it's it's a beautiful facility too. I mean, there's a big ass lake, mm-hmm. um, and it's. I thought I thought it was nice. And yeah. It was a beautiful okay. weather, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And we learned that you can even camp there, mm-hmm. and you know the range was a little um, further ahead. Mm-hmm. 
we get to the we get to the spot and it's like huge. Yeah. And I remember one of the noises that I heard um, was that one gun you said it was like one of the rare guns. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, not necessarily rare, but it was rare that it was a, it was fully automatic. So well, somebody yeah. out there was shooting a full auto like, gun. I was like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, you heard it. Yep. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah I was like, whoa, because you just never hear. Let me go back home. You literally <laughs> never hear them. It's crazy. And your buddy was there, Nate. Yes. Shout yes. out to Nate. Yes. Uh, I'm not he's sure actually my. He's actually one of my employees. He's my. He's one of my range safety officers. That's yeah. right. And he actually yep. he, he was on it. I mean, we got there and he started teaching us. And I know that I shot the first gun, right? It was it was it was, it was someone, me. yeah. It was me, right? Yeah. What what gun was that that I shot? I don't know uh, that was a twenty-two. That rifle, the yeah. one that was super soft. Yeah. Yeah, that was a twenty-two. That was a twenty-two rifle. So it's kind of like the first gun that I got, that or that my dad had. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I was super psyched when that happened. I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I made it nice and easy. I figured it would warm me. I was like, "Hey, yeah. bring the twenty-two. We'll warm them up to that one, and then we'll go ahead and." But and what was crazy up. is, um, I felt like the pistol got me off guard. Well, actually, the pistols are a lot harder to control than rifles. That's what I, I was like. Yeah. Whoa. That's why you see me train more with a handgun than with any rifle. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about the Glock, though. I mean. Okay. I even saw you had like a training on it. It's a training on, on the gun. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty dope. And, you know, yeah, I, I thought it was cool how you had that side. So that is actually uh, a Airsoft Glock 17. <laughs> so the, I'm not going to put a live gun into somebody's hand the first time mm-hmm. they're going up, especially if it's their first time ever, right? If yeah, they have their own they, personal they, firearm. They did. They did. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a little different. You're under the supervision of like, uh, and it was a rifle. It's so much easier. Uh, but with the handgun, that, that Airsoft gun that I have, this is trainer on it, is more so to like get people familiarized with how they work because it, it's a gas blowback. It works pretty much almost the same way that a handgun does outside of when we start to actually live fire that's a little bit different but you know it's a good way to show you the mechanics without putting a live fire in your hand it helps keep me safe with someone who's you know first time ever picking up a gun but it also keeps them safe too um so it's a nice little learning tool that i use uh yeah yeah it's pretty cool one of the terms they were using over there um was hot and cold yeah yeah so um when a range yeah that's that's it's like range etiquette so when a range is hot that means that people are shooting don't step across the line because you don't want a hole in you mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh when a range goes cold everybody's coming like it's it's like a big boy it's like, a, like you're playing by adults rules um when you need to do something down range you say hey i need everybody to go cold and you, you make that call down the line if there's a range safety officer like there was that day besides my guy um they'll like make sure that everybody's shows clear and that everything is good and then once we go cold uh, everybody can go up, adjust targets, switch out papers, things like that. So we shot the Glock, and my experience with the Glock was like, wow, like you look very intimidating with it, man. Did that. I? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I did not want to mess with you. I mean, when I, I was back like, at home in El Salvador, I knew how to do the, I knew the snake shot. I was all about the snake <laughs> shot. My grandpa uh, taught me how to, how to kill them birds. You know, we had how many, how many birds you kill? Uh, I was a kid. I wasn't really counting, but <laughs> I had a pretty good, pretty good aim. And uh, I grew up, you know. Watching novelas, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of action, you know. And I recall even like creating my own little movies, and you know, there was like chalk, you know, not chalk, like a black chalk. Yeah, okay. Yeah, chalk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it was chalk. I don't know what it's called. The thing that you use to like start a fire up. Oh, charcoal. Uh, charcoal, yeah. Charcoal, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will like put like a thick mustache, <laughs> and then I'll act like I have a gun, right? And I start making oh, movies. I'm assuming this is pre-puberty. <laughs> I was like seven, six years old, so yes, pre-pre-pre. <laughs> but when I when I when I had the chance to finally shoot a real gun, and all right, I am thankful that it was you teaching me, and it was a different experience. I had to be serious. I felt like I wanted to hit the target. 
mm. many times as possible. Mm. I just wanted to do it the right way. And you taught me very well. I mean, I, you taught me even how to put my thumbs a certain way. Mm -hmm. uh, the triangle. The triangle. Yeah, the triangle. The, yeah. yeah. Tell us about I, that. I, I did that on my oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, when like one of the first things I do before I ever have somebody touch a gun, there's like a bunch of things that I do beforehand. I, I showed them the fighting stance, right? Mm -hmm. Like obviously when we brought it back to boxing where you're not just going to, like if you're in a fight, you're not going to stand there and lean back. If somebody hits you, you're going to fall to the ground, right? And I mean, in a gunfight is the same thing as a fist fight. You're in a fight, right? So I put them in the fighting stance. I teach them how to do that correctly. Um, I, I figure out which hand is their dominant hand, right? Uh, but I also figure out which hand is their or which eye is their dominant mm -hmm. eye, right? And that's super important because if I don't take the time to do something like that, and I assume let's say it's their right eye, and the entire time is their left, we're already starting off on the wrong foot. You know what I mean? So, like one of the things I do is I'll have somebody hold a triangle out in front of their face at arm's length, and I'll put something in that triangle. I'll say stare at that. And, they, and once they have it, I'll say, close your right eye. And if they close their right eye and they can't see it anymore, then they're already left eye. They already know that they're right eye dominant, right, dominant, right? But uh, if if I have them, I, I also have them close their left eye just in case, because sometimes it, it can be a little weird. Um, but if they close their left eye uh, and they still see it, right? Then that's a little, a little confusing. But if they close their left eye and it's not there anymore, uh, then Obviously, they're right eye dominant. It's just it's just important making sure that you get all that sort of stuff out of the way beforehand. Otherwise, you're kind of setting yourself up for a failure pretty early on, and and then you have to correct that problem further on down the line when it should have been addressed to begin with. Yeah. And I'm also happy that I wore your earplugs. Oh yeah, 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 man. Yeah, make sure you guys go prepare if you guys plan on going uh, to any shooting range around the area. Make sure you prepare with uh, earplugs, eye protection. eye protection. We actually showed up unprepared without the eye protection. But luckily, my man. He yeah, we. Yeah, I had to <laughs> he took care of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing. I wear glasses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I got you all taken care. Of. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, uh, weapon that we that we uh, were able to shoot mm -hmm. was the AR. Yeah, the AR-15. Yeah, you were super cool. And you even said uh, Nate actually said it was one of his favorites, right? Uh, mine specifically. Yeah, your his your specifically. And yeah. tell us about yours. Uh, what what's so special about that one? Uh, well, it's. Uh, it's I wouldn't say it's the best AR out there, but it's a I'm pretty proud of it. It's like well, a high-end. Did you name it? Yeah, it's an LWRC. It's actually uh it's so so the so AR-15 is like a broad term that covers like that specific kind of rifle it's like, type. It's like Honda or, or like. Mm, or I would like, say more like, it's like yeah okay yeah it's like more like a Honda right. Okay. But but then you got the Honda Accord, you got the Honda like Civic, that, you know okay. what I mean? Those are different brands inside mm -hmm, of the overarching right. family, right? Um, so the LWRC is actually a rifle that's made here in Cambridge, Maryland. Uh, so it's like it's all made in-house here in state, right? It's really nice. Um, but if there were like five tiers of, of like quality, from one being the worst to five being the best, that's around four. Uh, and I got a steal on it. It's unfair how good so, I got. So what is I got like, uh, you said there's different tiers, right? So yeah. the highest tier, what's the maturity? Kind of so, um, well, yeah, it's higher. I wouldn't, I honestly don't know. I'm not like, I'm not that far into like the machining and things like that. Uh, and the materials and that sort of stuff, um, but there's different levels of quality control, different like brand parts that you use. It's kind of like it's kind of like the difference between uh, running a Toyota Corolla and running a Maserati. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the technology that goes into it is just different. The accuracy that it holds out to is different. The durability is different. Like if I picked up a shitty rifle that's tier one, I wouldn't trust to drop it on the ground because it'd probably snap in half. So you have just like an Audi. 
yeah yeah you could say that yeah it's yeah it's up there yeah it's up there it's a really nice rifle yeah it yeah you your first rifle was a good rifle to shoot it was beautiful i mean I, the experience i had with it i felt like i was i was pretty on point you were so you were hitting targets you know i mean yeah, you were hitting at 100 uh, yards pretty that, easily uh, who was hitting most targets okay be honest uh, eric was but but that's all right because all right it, it just i did not hear no ding Ding, just, uh, ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the, the, the fourth target though. The one in the middle was yeah. the middle one. Yeah, the steel one, yep. Steel target. But I had a lot of fun shooting that gun. I mean, the stand was a lot different than the Glock. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt more powerful with that one. It was, it was definitely my favorite uh, my favorite one to, to shoot that, that day. How about you? How much? Oh, it was actually. Yeah? It was insane, man. Um, how much would a gun like that cost? Uh? um they retail for like two grand um but i got you can find them for like 1200 $1, yeah now with everything on it because it's not just the rifle it's it's the scope i have on it uh it's i changed out the stock i put a, a light on it i think after everything uh that rifle is probably like a 2500 to three thousand dollar rifle wow um but like, mm -hmm. like i was gonna say like um but maintenance wise like what kind of stuff do you do for maintenance yeah you clean it uh you keep you it well lubricated now there's some people who religiously clean their stuff i just clean it as needed mm -hmm. i'm not like i'm not the kind of guy to i hate cleaning them i'm gonna be honest with you that's like my least favorite part of gun ownership is maintenance <laughs> i'm not gonna lie yeah i'm pretty sure there's like, a lot of parts there, right yeah i mean not really they break down pretty easily and and uh, it's not too difficult to clean it but it's just the process of it that just takes forever and it's dirty as hell i get covered in carbon and all this other stuff i don't mind doing it but i do it the least amount of times that i that are necessary <laughs> so yeah this is me yeah we have a definitely a new generation coming up right now and uh, i'm not really sure how everybody puts guns especially now in today's society but what is one message you would like to give to the youth or to anybody that's interested in you know getting into this field and basically creating the, the passion yeah that um, you have so far well don't be afraid of it um it there's nothing there's nothing evil about them they're just a tool uh don't be scared ask questions there's people like me all over the world like all over the country um who are willing to answer questions like that uh you know i'm all about it because it's important to me that look uh, let me put it this way my philosophy behind it is this that firearm is just a tool at the end of the day uh, and I don't know how like how good you guys are with getting too like deep into the philosophicals of it, but basically, um, I recognize that there are bad people in the world, very, very, very bad people. There's no denying that. Uh, and those people wouldn't think twice to do to do harm to you or people you love. You know what I mean? So it, it's up to you really to step in because you know if if there's anything that we've seen in the last 12 months with how crazy of a year it's been, it's that you can't depend on the police, and that sometimes there won't be anybody coming to save you. It's really up to you. So, you know, I, I, uh, I find it important to, to kind of remove the taboo from it and to spread it uh, to people that, that really don't look at it as something that's important because it is. Uh, and I, I can't tell you how many people to like nowadays in the last few months, it's been overwhelming. Like I'm literally sitting on a client list now that's about 50 people deep because people are starting to understand that the responsibility really falls to them, that it's up to them to take care of themselves and the people they care about, you know what I mean? Uh, and so for me, if I can make that difference, if someday I hear that someone that I taught to protect themselves managed to do it and walked out of it alive, or even better because of the training and the confidence I gave them, didn't have to shoot at all, 
in that situation, mission accomplished, bro. I can die happy. I, I did what I was, I feel like, I feel like I did what I was supposed to do. Like I was put here to do. So, you know, that's really what it all comes down to. Don't be afraid to get into it. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I love shooting, bro. Everybody that I've ever taken shooting loves shooting. It's a good time. Uh, we appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, Gerald. Um Best wishes to you. Thank you. Again, I'm proud of you. Keep being the badass motherfucker that you are. I don't know about all that. Keep teaching. Uh, and, you know, stay in contact with us. Uh, I feel like I'm definitely going to hit you up uh, to go back to that specific place. Okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Every person I've told about it. My books are open, bro. Yeah, every person I've told about it, they're like, okay, you gotta take me there. I'm like, yeah. Not me, Miguel does. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to go back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you guys let back. me know. We'll make it happen for sure. All right, guys, that is all. Celotines of the Mic, alongside with Eric Guerrero and yes, sir. Miguel.